Broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man, this is Manx Radio. The time is now 7.30 and with the latest news, here's Lewis Foster. Gun salutes will ring out in London and bells will toll across the Isle of Man and the United Kingdom as the country mourns the death of Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man. Buckingham Palace said she died peacefully at Balmoral Castle yesterday at the age of 96, surrounded by her family. Her oldest son, King Charles III, said her death was a moment of great sadness. He'll be travelling back to London later and plans for a full state funeral are expected to be signed off by him in the coming days. Tributes from around the world have come in overnight. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says Her Majesty was an extraordinary woman who she'd remember for her laughter, while the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau described her as one of his favourite people. On the Isle of Man, Chief Minister Alfred Cannon said we are all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. Flags across the island are being flown at half-mast today. This will include at Timwald Hill in St John's, police headquarters and down at the Steam Packet Company. While some pubs will remain open tonight, Oakles Brewery has confirmed its bars will be closed for 24 hours from this morning as a mark of respect. And government has confirmed that schools will remain open today. The time now is 28 minutes to 8. Moramai, this is Manx Radio broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man on Friday the 9th of September. Welcome to a special edition of Breakfast where, for the next two hours... We'll reflect on the news announced yesterday by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral. We'll hear tributes from the island and from around the world as millions mourn the loss of Britain's longest-serving monarch. We'll also look ahead to today's events as we wake up to a new king, King Charles III. It was 6.30 yesterday evening when Buckingham Palace announced the news that the Queen had passed away peacefully at Balmoral in Scotland. A few moments ago, Buckingham Palace announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The Palace has just issued uh, this statement. It says the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Within the past few minutes, Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. A short time later, the UK Prime Minister gave this tribute. We are all devastated by the news that we have just heard from Balmoral. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation and to the world. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. She ascended the throne just after the Second World War. She championed the development of the Commonwealth from a small group of seven countries to a family of 56 nations spanning every continent of the world. We are now a modern, thriving, dynamic nation. Through thick and thin, Queen Elizabeth II provided us with the stability and the strength that we needed. She was the very spirit of Great Britain, 
and that spirit will endure. She has been our longest ever reigning monarch. It's an extraordinary achievement to have presided with such dignity and grace for 70 years. Her, her life of service stretched beyond most of our living memories. In return, she was loved and admired by the people in the United Kingdom and all around the world. She has been a personal inspiration to me and to many Britons. Her devotion to duty is an example to us all. Earlier this week, at 96, she remained determined to carry out her duties as she appointed me as her 15th Prime Minister. Throughout her life, she's visited more than 100 countries and she has touched the lives of millions around the world. In the difficult days ahead, we will come together with our friends across the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth and the world to celebrate her extraordinary lifetime of service. It is a day of great loss, but Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy. Today the crown passes, as it has done for more than a thousand years, to our new monarch, our new head of state, His Majesty King Charles III. With the King's family, we mourn the loss of his mother. And as we mourn, we must come together as a people to support him, to help him bear the awesome responsibility that he now carries for us all. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much to so many for so long. And with the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era in the magnificent history of our great country, exactly as Her Majesty would have wished, by saying the words, God save the King. UK Prime Minister Liz Truss speaking outside 10 Downing Street yesterday evening. Well, leading the tributes on Ireland was the Lieutenant Governor of the Isle of Man, Sir John Lorimer. He released a short statement last night, which reads, I know that the Isle of Man shares with me its profound sadness at the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. I shall be sending a message of condolence from the island to the royal family. The island's Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, MHK, also paid tribute last night. The Chief Minister said, We're all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and the people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. The President of Tinwald, Lawrence Scully, and Speaker of the House of Keys, Dewan Watterson, also added their condolences. They said, on behalf of the members of Tinwald, we extend to His Majesty the King and all members of the royal family our heartfelt condolences on the death of Her Late Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. They go on to say, Her Majesty the Queen first visited the Isle of Man on the 9th of August 1955, just two years after her coronation. During her visit, Her Majesty attended a special sitting of Timwald Court, where she expressed a hope that one day she would preside over the Timwald ceremony at St John's. This hope was realised during her third visit to the island for the celebration of the millennium of Timwald in 1979, 
and again in 2003. Her Majesty also visited the island in August 1989. On each visit, she was accompanied by her devoted husband, Prince Philip, and the royal couple were welcomed wholeheartedly by the people of the Isle of Man. Her Majesty the Queen gave unstintingly devoted public service to her country and the Commonwealth, and she made many genuine and lasting connections with the people on this island during her lifetime. Further information will be issued in due course on the formal procedures by which Tynwald Court will formally proclaim His Majesty as Lord of Man and express its sympathy to him and to all the royal family on their loss. And we'll hear further tributes on this special edition of Breakfast here on Manx Radio from Douglas in the Isle of Man. The time now is 21 minutes to eight and many people this morning have gathered at the gates of Balmoral and the BBC's James Shaw is there. As I look at those gates closed this morning still, of course, uh, you can see to the left-hand side of them a growing bank of flowers, of floral tributes, messages that have been left paying their respects uh, to the Queen. And if you can hear a little bit of hubbub in the background, that is the growing army army of media that is gathered on the other side of the road from those gates, of course, marking this extraordinarily sombre and uh, significant uh, moment in the life of the nation. Uh, People waking up across the four nations of the United Kingdom and around the world uh, to the first full day when Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, is not the monarch. There is a new monarch, Charles III. He and his uh, close family are behind those gates inside uh, Balmoral Castle, perhaps waking up around now and themselves coming to terms with the terrible news that we all heard yesterday about the death of Queen Elizabeth. And then the events of the day will unfold, I think, quite slowly in terms of what will happen, uh, who will move, which members of the royal family will head down south. We think uh, King Charles and the Queen Consort Camilla will travel down to London uh, later on today so that he can address uh, the nation this evening. As for the other members of the family, perhaps they will stay for a little longer because this uh, castle in northeast Scotland, in Aberdeenshire, always was a refuge for the royal family. Peace and quiet in this uh, countryside with the Cairngorm Mountains nearby. And now, more than ever, you would think that they will value the moments that they have here uh, in this period of deep mourning before the official events, the sombre and serious and ceremonial events that are going to unfold over the next 10 or so days. In London, many hundreds of people have gathered at the gates of Buckingham Palace overnight and through the early hours. And a little earlier, the BBC's Martha Carney sent this report from London. It's still dark outside Buckingham Palace, but you can see all the many, many bouquets of flowers lit up by the candles which are lined up on the pavement and there are some very personal messages actually in the flowers like this one I didn't know you personally but my fondest memories are age six having a street party for your silver jubilee you waving at me while I was waiting for you in Epsom to pass by from leaving the derby back in the days when it was on a Wednesday God bless you, lots of love Jenny, Paul, Jack and Emma And here's one 
from a family, the Willow family, so they're from France, Scotland and Australia. Thank you, Your Majesty, for your service and your guiding hand throughout an incredible lifetime. Your dignity and grace will remain an inspiration for women and men of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth for generations to come. And here amongst all the brightly coloured bouquets of flowers, there's something which refers back to one of the happiest times for the Queen this year, which is when she met Paddington Bear. And here's a little toy Paddington Bear with his red hat and blue duffel coat. That encounter showing the Queen's great sense of fun and, of course, her acting ability. My name's Karen. I'm from New Zealand originally. It's just a very uh, a strange, profound sort of sense of loss for somebody that you've never met. There's just so many things that it just will feel a little bit different. Our currency also has her face on it, you know, the stamps, the the Christmas messages, you know, those sort of things, you know, will be somebody else now and somebody after that. But for me, she's all I've, I've really known. My name's Andrew, I'm from Watford in Hertfordshire. Um, just drove down uh, now, it's what, about 4.30 in the morning. Um, but I just wanted, to, before the working day, to pay my respects. Um, and I think it's peaceful at this time because it's quiet and there aren't the thousands of crowds and I think the nation and the world you know has lost a marvellous lady and may she rest in peace that's all I can say thank you well well wishers began gathering outside Buckingham Palace from yesterday afternoon and the crowd continued to grow once the announcement came at 6.30 Residents in Balmoral, where the Queen spent her final weeks, also came out to pay tribute. Supporters at both residences have been speaking to the BBC. I'm so sad because she was a wonderful lady. She dedicated her whole life to the nation and we could just thank her for it. And we feel for her family today. Um, It's a very sad day. I'm so sad because she was a lovely, beautiful lady. Beautiful mother and a beautiful grandmother. Could just she had many to take her for her. She was very much loved. It's devastating. She's going to be missed by so many people. She affected so many lives, and she was an absolutely amazing monarch. And what did she mean to you? Well, I think as as a woman, it's amazing to see a, woman, a female at the helm of our country. And why might not ever get the chance to see another woman as queen? She meant everything to to me, my family. Um, you know, a sense of community, you know, loyalty, um, you know, giving back to communities, um, serving, you know, the community as a whole. Um, so she meant a lot to, to everyone here today. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I'll remember is, you know, her sense of sort of charity, giving back. Just very sad. It's just been a monarch for over 70 years and it's, it's history and we just wanted to be here to share our condolences to the family. Like, part of it kind of thing yeah it's really sad news to hear actually it's uh that's the reason we came we were hoping to pass on our regards or just to be here so it's kind of sad actually a sad day yeah absolutely yeah for everybody i think you know i think the whole nation will come together and just you know feel the same yeah. although you know you don't you, you never knew her or anything but her significance was was just incredible and it doesn't really hit home i don't think until you hear something like this and um what she meant to us and what she meant to the country. It was an absolutely incredible legacy. 
The time is now 14 minutes to eight and you're listening to Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. You're with a special edition of Breakfast where until 9.30 we'll reflect on the news announced yesterday by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral. Her eldest son and successor, now known as King Charles III, will return to London today with his Queen Consort Camilla. His Majesty is expected to address the nation in a televised speech this evening where he'll pay tribute to his mother and pledge to serve as head of state. And in the coming hours and days, more details no doubt will emerge as to how things will proceed over the next couple of weeks. And we'll bring you those details here on Manx Radio as soon as we have them. But what will happen at Westminster today? To look ahead to events there, here's the BBC's Nick Erdley. I mean, the core functions of government, of course, continue, but you can expect much else to be suspended during the 10-day mourning period. Um, Normal business in Parliament is suspended today as well, but we will see lengthy tributes from across the chamber from noon and more tomorrow, including senior members of Parliament taking the oath to the new king. I suppose quite a, a visible sign of our constitutional changes that will take place over the next few days. Um, one of the things that's been quite striking from the political world so far has been the tributes from the Prime Ministers who had those weekly audiences with the Queen over such a long period of time. Um, and, and two things in particular have been quite a theme through those tributes that we've heard so far. One is the the detail that Her Majesty went into when it came to briefing herself on the issues of the day. Boris Johnson quipped uh, uh, earlier this year when he paid tribute to the Queen for the Jubilee, the, the, the Platinum Jubilee, that he often found that she was reminding him of some of the details, in, including who world leaders were. Um, and the other thing that has struck me is the, the stories of support the, the feeling amongst senior politicians that the Queen was a, a person for whom they could go to for wise counsel to to discuss some of the, the burdens of office and mm-hmm. also the the reminder from a lot of them that these were quite human conversations that the Queen had a, a sense of humour and they found them incredibly useful when it came to exercising their power. Oh, on the subject of human conversations and conversations for advice and support at some stage, presumably quite soon, we would expect that the new king meets the Prime Minister. Yes, I think that will be fairly imminent. Um, The Prime Minister did uh, hold a a call with the the new king last night, um, sometime between six and seven o'clock, I believe. Um, But I I think that's right. You can expect them to, to talk over the next day or so. And that will be quite a... An historic moment in in British history, really. Yes, because we're seeing the the new monarch meet the Prime Minister, but also this kind of unique week in in British history that we're going through. One of the the only times ever that that we can see where you have not only a a new monarch, but a new Prime Minister. A a lot of changes going on at the the very top of how the British state is run. Well, uh, uh, and a lot of coordination to be done too over the coming days between the government and King Charles about the precise arrangements, but also, I suppose, about the tone, the tone that he wants to set in the next few days, but also in in the months and the years ahead. I I think that's right. And the Cabinet Office oversees the the logistics of what happens over the next few days. That 
began last night with a, a meeting between senior me- uh, senior ministers, uh, the police leads in, in the royal household. Um, I think that you will see details emerge from the palace rather than from Downing Street. Number 10 wants to understandably leave the next few days to, to the royal household. But, but you're right, you know, this is a, a moment where the, the tone will be important, where normal politics is suspended, where it will be for the Prime Minister and for, for Downing Street to support the, the handover of, of the, the reins of power, the head of state. And it is a, a big moment in, in British history. The BBC's Nick Erdley reporting from Westminster. Let's have a look now at the fronts of the morning's newspapers and needless to say, the death of the Queen is the only story on today's front pages. The Mirror simply says thank you. The Daily Star praises the Queen's legacy, saying you did your duty, ma'am. And the Metro has a sombre front page proclaiming the Queen is dead. The Telegraph quotes the Queen's own words, grief is the price we pay for love. The Times focuses on comments by the now King Charles III, who has described his mother's passing as the greatest sadness for his family. The Guardian has an elegant image of Her Majesty from her coronation, while The Sun says, We loved you, ma'am. The Eyes special edition calls Her Majesty our constant in an age of change. The Express includes a black-and-white photograph with the headline, Our beloved Queen is dead, and our hearts are broken, declares the Mail. And even the Financial Times puts its usual coverage of economics to one side in deference to Her Majesty the Queen. Well, just recapping that news that we know King Charles III will return to London today with his Queen Consort Camilla. His Majesty is expected to address the nation in a televised speech this evening where he'll pay tribute to his mother and pledge to serve as head of state. Also, leaders from around the world have offered their condolences after the Queen's death. Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau and Emmanuel Macron are among those paying their respects. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said her passing is a heavy loss for Europe and the whole world. Well, let's head to Australia now to hear what the mood is on the other side of the world. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Well, the Queen was Australia's Queen. She had a great affinity with this country. On a tour back in 2000, she said that she felt part of this rugged, honest and creative land. She came to Australia 16 times, the first as a very young queen in 1954, and about 70% of the Australian population turned out to greet her. That was millions of people, and it really did set the stone. She became a champion for dedication and service, we've heard today from the Australian Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, saying that uh, Queen Elizabeth II had a timeless decency and an enduring calm. And he also pointed out that um, the Queen had sympathy and personal kindness for Australians affected by tragedy and disaster, including floods and bushfires. Uh, We were on Sydney Harbour earlier this morning when the Sydney Harbour Bridge lowered its flags in honour of Queen Elizabeth II. And in a couple of hours' time, we're to hear from the Governor-General, the Queen's representative here. This is a constitutional monarchy, and we are expected to hear what David Hurley, the Governor-General, has to say about the Queen's passing. 
Well, the Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, says it's a day of grief and sadness for people in his country. From her first trip here, it was clear Her Majesty had a special place in our hearts and we in hers. Some 7 million Australians, or 70% of our population at the time, turned out to catch a glimpse of the young queen. Well, let's continue now to hear from countries around the world. Shanghai Nayuka is in Johannesburg. Well, she's being remembered um, just in the sense that when she first visited Africa, she visited uh, South Africa, uh, where she was celebrating her 21st birthday and as a princess accompanying her parents. And in a very famous speech, she dedicated her life to the service of the Commonwealth. Uh, She's also being remembered around the continent. And we've seen and heard messages from African leaders. Ghana, the first African country to receive its independence from Britain, has entered a period of mourning and flags will fly at half-mast for the next seven days. And the president there uh, paid tribute to her role as the head of the Commonwealth and described her as a rock that kept the organization sturdy and true. Uh, South Africa's leader, Cyril Ramaphosa, said that the Queen's commitment and dedication during her 70 years on the throne remains a noble and virtuous example to the entire world. And so while she's no longer the head of state, in in many of the African countries, she still um, has strong. She still had strong political ties uh, to the continent of Africa and sentimental ones as well. Uh, who can forget that she became Queen of England whilst on holiday in Kenya? Uh, but her 70-year reign saw seismic shifts in the British Empire, including the uprisings against British colonialism, and she skillfully navigated the monarchy and Britain through those turbulent years and managed to keep former colonies on side through the work of the Commonwealth. Another Commonwealth nation, Canada, the Prime Minister there, Justin Trudeau, has been paying tribute. She was our Queen for almost half of Canada's existence. And she had an obvious, deep and abiding love and affection for Canadians. She served us all with strength and wisdom for 70 years as we grew into the diverse, optimistic, responsible, ambitious and extraordinary country we are today. As her 12th Canadian Prime Minister, I'm having trouble believing that my last sit-down with her was my last. I will so miss those chats. She was thoughtful, wise, curious, helpful, funny, and so much more. In a complicated world, her steady grace and resolve brought comfort and strength to us all. Canada is in mourning. She was one of my favourite people in the world, and I will miss her so. The Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. In the next hour of the programme, we'll hear further tributes from people here in the Isle of Man. But we'd be really interested to hear your thoughts this morning. How are you feeling after that news yesterday announced 6.30 yesterday evening, the passing of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man? 
and we're waking up to a new king this morning, King Charles III. If you have any memories of Her Majesty, did you ever meet her here on the island or maybe across the water or somewhere around the world? You're more than welcome to get in touch this morning. You're listening to Manx Radio. This is a special edition of Breakfast broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. And the time is approaching eight o'clock. Moramai. This is Manx Radio broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man on Friday the 9th of September. The time is now 8 o'clock and with the latest news, here's Lewis Foster. Moramai, Lewis. Moramai. Britain has officially entered a state of mourning following the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man. Gun salutes, one round for every year of the Queen's life, will be fired in central London later, as church bells are expected to toll throughout the UK at midday, as they will too here on the Isle of Man. The 96-year-old monarch died peacefully yesterday afternoon at Balmoral. Her son, now known as King Charles III, will return to London to meet the UK Prime Minister, ahead of an address to the nation this evening. He will take part in an official process tomorrow, in which he's announced as the new monarch. Charles paid tribute to the Queen outside Buckingham Palace in June during a concert to celebrate her Platinum Jubilee. He recognised her influence around the world. We think of all you have done to make the Commonwealth such an important force for good. You continue to make history. MPs and peers will gather from midday to pay tribute to the Queen in a session expected to last until 10pm. The UK government's expected to confirm the length of national mourning and details will be announced about the Queen's funeral. 
Sky's political correspondent Mari Aurora says there will be special tributes today in the House of Commons and the House of Lords. It will be sitting from midday today until about 10pm tonight and then 2pm tomorrow until about 10pm that night as well. And that's all to give MPs, ministers, Liz Trust, the new Prime Minister, a time to pay those tributes in the House. Her death's been felt around the world too, with global leaders paying their respects overnight. US President Joe Biden says she was a stateswoman of unmatched dignity, while France's Emmanuel Macron described her as a friend of France. The Eiffel Tower's lights in Paris were turned off overnight, while bells tolled 96 times in Sydney. The Queen was head of state in 14 foreign countries, including New Zealand. The country's defence force has fired a 96-round gun salute in the capital Wellington, one for every year of her reign. Sports has also been paying tribute to Her Majesty after her death at the age of 96, as Chris Cave reports. Domestic events up and down the country have been called off today as the nation mourns the passing of its longest reigning monarch. There'll be no play in the second day of the final test between England's cricketers and South Africa, and the action's also been halted at Wentworth, where the BMW PGA Championship golf is taking place. The EFL's postponed both of this evening's football matches, while a minute's silence was held during last night's European action. West Ham fans could be heard singing God Save the Queen at the London Stadium, while flags at Manchester United. Old Trafford were flying at half-mast. Well, as well as tributes from overseas, the Isle of Man's Chief Minister Alfred Cannon issued a statement following yesterday's announcement saying, We are all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man. Throughout her long reign, the Queen has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. A joint statement has been issued from the President of Timwald and the Speaker of the House of Keys, as read here by Rob Pritchard. On behalf of the members of Timwald, we extend to His Majesty the King and all members of the royal family our heartfelt condolences on the death of Her Late Majesty, the Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. Her Majesty the Queen first visited the Isle of Man on the 9th of August 1955, just two years after her coronation. During the visit, Her Majesty attended a special sitting of Tinwald Court, where she expressed a hope that one day she would preside over the Tinwald ceremony at St John's. This hope was realised during her third visit to the island for the celebration of the millennium of Tinwald in 1979 and again in 2003. Her Majesty also visited the island in August 1989. On each visit, she was accompanied by her devoted husband, Prince Philip, and the royal couple were welcomed wholeheartedly by the people of the Isle of Man. Her Majesty the Queen gave unstintingly devoted public service to her country and the Commonwealth, and she made many genuine and lasting connections with the people of this island during her lifetime. Further information will be issued in due course on the formal procedures by which Tinwall Court will formally proclaim His Majesty as Lord of Man and express its sympathy to him and to all the royal family on their loss. We'll see several flags flying at half-mast around the island today, including on Timwald Hill in St John's, the Sea Terminal and Police Headquarters. The bells of St George's in Douglas and Peel Cathedral will be rung muffled at midday today to mark the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Bells throughout the UK will also be rung at the same time. There will be a book of condolence which will be opened and available for signing at St George's. 
Ocals Inns has confirmed its pubs will be closed for 24 hours today as a mark of respect. The company says at a time of national grief, families and communities should have the chance to spend time together. Ocals adds that this time our condolences and thoughts are with the royal family and the nation. And government has confirmed the island schools will remain open today. Questions had been asked about whether they would close. Manx Radio News, the time is now six minutes past eight. Thank you, Lewis. Looking now at the weather for the day ahead, mainly dry with bright or sunny intervals, a moderate locally fresh northeast wind with a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius. Into tomorrow, dry with bright or sunny spells, particularly in the afternoon, with light winds and a highest temperature of 20 degrees Celsius. Largely dry and bright for much of Sunday, with outbreaks of rain arriving later in the evening and overnight. This could be heavy at times, with light to moderate southeast winds and a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius. Moramai to you. This is Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. You're listening to a special edition of Breakfast, where, until 9.30, we'll reflect on the news announced yesterday by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96. Tributes from across the world continued to pour in following the death of the the longest reigning monarch, Queen Elizabeth II. As part of her role as head of state, the Queen issues honours to those with extraordinary lifetime achievements. Jane Glover received an MBE in February from the now King Charles III. Speaking to Lewis Foster, she's been reflecting on yesterday's news and meeting the now King. Yes, obviously terribly sad news. Uh, Even when you're expecting something perhaps, uh, when it actually happens, it is still a shock. I'd been at work for the day and I'd just arrived at a WI meeting, RBWI, when the news struck and as each individual walked in, you could see they were visibly upset, um, shocked by the news um, because, of course, the Queen is actually the president of the WI in, in the UK. So there was that feeling of sadness, of sorrow, emotion. But we did carry on, as the Queen probably herself would have done, um, as a mark of respect. And it was riding for the disabled, um, Jackie and June, and it seemed quite appropriate, obviously, with the Queen having such a love for horses. Now, when you were awarded that MBE, it was handed over by, at the time, Prince Charles, and we'll have to get used to today, referring to him now as King Charles III. Just tell us what that encounter was like at the time and uh, and what Charles was like in person. It was uh, an experience I was nervous about, Lewis, but it genuinely um, was an uplifting experience. At events like those, you get to meet lots of people who have given their time selflessly for good causes. So it was a fantastic experience. And I was fortunate enough that mine was at Windsor, which I would suggest is one of the Queen's uh, favourite residences. She was actually in residence that day. Um, The flag was flying. Didn't see her, but she was there. Prince Charles himself was charming. He, um, I was wearing Manx Tartan and he recognised it. And we had a, a good long chat about the Isle of Man, how the Isle of Man had fared uh, through COVID times. He really was engaged, interested and a very personable gentleman. I threw him a bit by asking him how he was (laughs) and he commented um, the odd ache and pain um, for his age Um, but genuinely a charming personality 
to to chat to. And now I reflect upon it because people at the time jokingly said, you've got your MBE from the future king. And that has um, transpired to be come to fruition much quicker than I thought. And the actual um, MBE itself, you get the medal, but you also get a scroll, a handwritten scroll. And mine was the last batch that Prince Philip had also signed on with the Queen. So, so really, I've got quite a, a, a string of royalties, I suppose, um, that are involved with my MBE. Jane Glover, MBE, paying tribute there to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man. Well, tributes have continued to pour in since the news of the passing of Her Majesty was announced yesterday. Douglas North MHK David Ashford told Manx Radio it's hard to believe the longest reign in British history has come to a close. Absolutely devastating news to hear of the passing of Her Majesty Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. Um, She provided an unrivaled stability over the last 70 years in what has been a constantly changing world. It's easy to forget now that when Her Majesty came to the throne, the Second World War was only seven years over. um, And Winston Churchill was, of course, still in Downing Street. So she actually links right the way through from the age of Winston Churchill and the sacrifices of those dark days, the Second World War, right up to the modern age. And it's hard to imagine a world in which she's not with us. She's been the focus of the nation for so many times, at so many pivotal moments, that it's just hard to believe that the longest reign in British history has now come to a close. She did a few visits to the island. In her most recent visit, did you uh, have the opportunity to meet with her? I haven't on Ireland. I met with Her Majesty at an event in the UK many, many years ago when I was briefly living in the UK, Um, but I haven't while she's been on Ireland. But from what I understand, she took her role as Lord of Man very seriously um, and that she enjoyed her many visits that she had over the years to the island. Ireland. Um, as I say, you know, it's just strange to think that that reign has now ended. Um, we politicians are actually a fleeting passing. We come and go. Um, but Her Majesty the Queen has always been a constant and that has now changed. From that meeting with her a few years ago, what did you take away from that? Um, it was about 20 years ago, the, the last time, I, um, well, the one time that I actually met Her Majesty, um, and she was um, very personable. It was a very brief encounter, I must say, li- literally seconds, um, but everyone who was there felt that they were the centre of attention, um, and she was very good at managing to make you feel that they were the centre of her attention. So it's been a life of absolute duty that uh, she has performed since she was very young. Her entire adult life has been dedicated to the nation um, which she served and now that rain has passed. I think the mood on the island will be one very sombre. Um, like I say, Her Majesty has been around um, on the throne for 70 years. No one, most people alive, have never known another monarch um, on the throne and that today of course has changed with the ascension of His Majesty Charles III. Douglas North, MHK, David Ashford, MBE. We've had a message to say good morning, Ben and Sean. A book of condolence is now open at the Cathedral in Peel. They'll be open this evening until seven o'clock for private prayer. You can write a message in the book and you can also light a candle. The time is 13 minutes past eight. And of course, for many people over the coming days and weeks, uh, they'll be wondering what is going to happen constitutionally. Well, with a look ahead to what may happen over the coming days, here's former Black Rod, David Leakey. 
So the, the general outline of the next uh, 10 days or so is that the, the Queen's body will be brought to London by train or air um, in the next days. On day five, uh, and let, let me say this is not certain because it does depend on a number of factors, mm. um, but roughly on day five, the Queen's body will be uh, taken in um, a procession to Westminster Hall in the Palace of Westminster, the Palace of Westminster being the Houses of Parliament. Um, and will be the, the coffin will be set up on a catafalque in the middle of Westminster Hall, uh, received in a ceremony by members of the royal family um, and the Archbishop of Canterbury will conduct a very short service. Um, after that, peers and MPs from uh, the Houses of Parliament will uh, file past and pay their respects. Um, and shortly after that, uh, Westminster Hall will be open to the public and members of the public can pay their respects um, as they process through Westminster Hall. And there'll be very elaborate arrangements of how the members of the public can join the queue to do that, uh, made public in the next uh, few days. And then on day 10, uh, roughly on day 10, uh, then uh, will be the state funeral, which will take place in Westminster Abbey. So that's the general outline. Uh, and David, there is also, isn't there, we, we know that the king is already the king. King Charles is King Charles III. But yes. there is a formal side, isn't there, as well, to his accession? There, there are uh, two parts to this. Um, and the main part is a declaration uh, of the king, uh, which will take place either today uh, or tomorrow uh, at a meeting of the Privy Council in St. James's Palace, normally in St. James's Palace, after which... Um, uh, the uh, Garter King of Arms, a, a ceremonial post, will make an announcement from the balcony of St. James's Palace. And that will be, if you like, the formal declaration of the king um, having acceded to the throne. Uh, uh, the throne passes automatically on the death of the sovereign. Um, and the coronation, uh, which will be the formal, um, as it were, coronation of the king, uh, may not take place for some months or even as it uh, was in 19 uh, when when the uh, the queen took the throne um it, there was a period of about i think 14 or 15 months between her accession and the coronation date itself former black rod david leakey and of course once the details are confirmed of exactly what will happen in the coming days and weeks we will let you know and certainly once we know exactly what's happening here on the isle of man we'll bring those details to you we do know that the Queen's eldest son and successor, now known as King Charles III, will return to London today with his Queen Consort Camilla. His Majesty is expected to address the nation in a televised speech this evening where he'll pay tribute to his mother and pledge to serve as head of state. Well, the BBC's royal correspondent Nicholas Witchell has been reflecting on the impact yesterday's announcement will have and what it means for King Charles III. As autumn descends on this bleak September day there at Balmoral and also at Buckingham Palace. How striking are those images outside the palace, people feeling the need to come together at this moment in the nation's history, uh, the day on which the Queen of the last 70 years has passed away. People need, I think, just to the, the solace, the comfort of being with other people. The nation will begin its mourning, bells will be rung and Guns will be sounded and church services will come together. 
I remember the words that were, were used, I think, by a previous Archbishop of Canterbury who talked about service untiringly done, duty faithfully fulfilled. Everyone will have their words about the reign, the duty of Elizabeth II, as we all just pay our tributes now to a life of duty, of humility, of decency, as the process, the transition of this new reign gets underway. And I expect we will hear from the new king tomorrow. Uh, there will also, of course, be an accession council when the Privy Council comes together. Uh, not the full Privy Council, because there simply isn't room these days, but they will come together and they will confirm the succession and they will, I imagine, at some point hear from the new king. And those statements by him will be important to set the tone for his reign, paying tribute to his mother on behalf of his family and the nation, but also setting out his aspirations, his wish, his ambition to be a force for unity and continuity and stability at a time when stability perhaps is in rather yeah. shorter supply than it has been at many other times. It is unsettling, as Mark Easton said. It is disorientating, and many people will, will feel that, and they will need to be reassured at this moment. The BBC's Nicholas Witchell with the time now at 19 minutes past eight. Moramai, you're with Manx Radio from Douglas in the Isle of Man. You're listening to a special edition of Breakfast where we are reflecting and reacting to the news announced yesterday by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral. A number of the UK Prime Ministers who served under the Queen have been paying tribute, including Sir John Major, who led the British government from 1990 to 1997. He spoke to the BBC's Clive Myrie. In every conceivable part of the United Kingdom, she was always extraordinarily well briefed. And on foreign affairs, of course, uh, she would often say if there was a difficulty of a foreign leader, well, I met him many years ago, or even I knew his father. There was always a wise word to be had. And those meetings with the Queen are one of the better parts of a Prime Minister's week. Mm. I mean, that stability, that continuity that she brought, um, not just to the monarchy, I suppose, but to, to all of our lives um, on being on the throne over such a long period. Um, what are your thoughts on that now that she's passed? Well, the continuity was very important, but I think there were other things as well. Mm. The example, the duty the selflessness, the way in which other people were put first, the way in which we hand, she handled crisis with great stoicism when they occurred, as they occurred a number of times during her reign. They were all examples to people about how to behave in their own lives and examples for our country. And what you found going around the world is that the Queen was the face of the United Kingdom. When people around the world spoke of the Queen, they actually meant our Queen. That was the status she had in every part of the world. It was truly remarkable. So, John, you talked about the stoicism she showed in times of crisis. We think back, of course, to 1992 and her Annas Horribilis speech, the fire at Windsor Castle as well, her fortitude in dealing with those issues and those problems was something that the British people came to admire greatly in her, along with that sense of duty. 
I think they were right to admire it. Um, I sat uh, one belong from, uh, along from her when she made the Annus Aribilis speech in uh, 1992. A great deal had gone wrong and there was, as you say, that dreadful fire in, in Windsor Castle which many people didn't receive with the sympathy perhaps they should have done. Uh, but the Queen understood that. She put her head down and she quietly, silently, uncomplainingly got on with her job. There are very few people who would have handled it with the aplomb that she did. And I think that was uh, in part because of her experience and in part because of her natural nature. She knew what one had to do to be a monarch. She knew when to keep out of controversy. She knew when to advise in private. She was almost faultless in the way in which she conducted the monarchy. Mm. And she leaves behind the monarchy in very good shape and a son who's been brought up to follow in precisely the same footsteps as King Charles III. I wonder too, Sir John, about the affection with which she was held right around the world, particularly within the Commonwealth. And you traveled and you've seen the great affection that she had. And there will be millions across the globe now who will be particularly sad today. Well, I have seen that affection at close quarters. Um, some 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was invited by the Queen to set up and chair the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Trust, a charity to commemorate her 60 years on the throne. And we raised money from across the Commonwealth and I asked the Queen what she wished us to do with the money that we had raised in her name. And she gave us two tasks. The first was to cure avoidable blindness across the whole of the Commonwealth. And the second was to seek out young Commonwealth leaders in every nation of the Commonwealth, 54 at the time, and help prepare them for leadership roles in later life. It was entirely a selfless request on her behalf and entirely typical of her. Former UK Prime Minister Sir John Major. Organisations from across the island have been paying tribute. The Isle of Man Football Association says everyone at the Isle of Man FA is saddened to hear of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. Our thoughts and sincere condolences are with the royal family at this very sad time. Rest in peace, Your Majesty. The Liberal Vanin Party says it is with great sadness that the island mourns the death of Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth, Lord of Man. Liberal Vanin extends our condolences to the royal family at this time and recognises the amazing service Her Majesty gave to the island, the United Kingdom and the wider Commonwealth during her remarkable reign. Her visits to the island will be remembered and cherished for many years to come. And the Isle of Man Constabulary has also paid tribute. Chief Constable Gary Roberts says everyone is deeply saddened by the death of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man. He says her exemplary service inspired us all and adds our oath of service commits us to continue to serve. Your thoughts, memories and reflections also very welcome on the programme this morning. Did you ever meet the Queen? Perhaps you saw her when she came to the island. Perhaps you saw her across the water or somewhere around the world. Any thoughts at all that you have, you are more than welcome to get in touch today. One double six, one double seven on the text or you can email studio at manxradio.com. Jill has done just that to say, yeah, Ben and Sean, I can remember going just 10 minutes from my home to wave to the Queen on her way to the cup final at Wembley many years ago. Time now is at 25 past eight. You're with Manx Radio from the Isle of Man. And let's bring you some material from the archive now 
a very, very famous speech from the Queen made in Cape Town in 1947, around the time of her 21st birthday, when she was, at that point, Princess Elizabeth. If we all go forward together with an unwavering faith, a high courage and a quiet heart, we shall be able to make of this ancient Commonwealth, which we all love so dearly, an even grander thing, more free, more prosperous, more happy, and a more powerful influence for good in the world than it has been in the greatest days of our forefathers. To accomplish that, we must give nothing less than the whole of ourselves. There is a motto which has been borne by many of my ancestors, a noble motto, I serve. Those words were an inspiration to many bygone heirs to the throne when they made their nightly dedication as they came to manhood. I cannot do quite as they did, but through the inventions of science, I can do what was not possible for any of them. I can make my solemn act of dedication with the whole empire listening. I should like to make that dedication now. It is very simple. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have the strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Speaking at just 21 years of age in Cape Town in 1947, Princess Elizabeth, as she was at that time. Well, in the UK, MPs and peers will gather from midday to pay tribute to the Queen in a session expected to last until 10pm. BBC political editor Chris Mason has been outlining what the announcement of the Queen's death means for the UK Prime Minister. It'll be a profound change, a significant change at a time politically of considerable flux. It is, of course, a new team that have moved into Downing Street, not just the Prime Minister, but so many of her senior advisers in the last 48 hours or so, themselves trying to work out how the very heart of British government and the British state on the political side operates. Now within that and beyond that in the broader governmental machine are procedures and protocols as term, in terms of the conversations that take place between Downing Street as an institution and Buckingham Palace, the monarchy as an institution. But nonetheless, obviously it's such a profound historical moment, things will change. A Prime Minister who had just had a single audience with the Queen, that first audience also being her last one. And in future, of course, those audiences, they are gatherings that take place once a week where the Prime Minister heads to see the monarch and has a period of time privately in their company, knowing in, in the political world it being the one opportunity where you can talk very candidly to someone without the prospect of it being leaked, that that in the future for the Prime Minister will be very different from the one that she might have anticipated, from the one that so many of her predecessors, 14 of her predecessors, have enjoyed that conversation that they had uh, with the Queen, more recently uh, taking place remotely, traditionally taking place 
physically at Buckingham Palace where Prime Minister after Prime Minister, 15 in total including uh, Liz Truss, were able to spend that time with the Queen and tap into a well of knowledge and savvy and wisdom about world affairs that was unprecedented. A stateswoman of a longevity greater than any other on earth and with that Prime Ministers would so often reflect in interviews and in their memoirs just how valuable a relationship that was. Firstly as I say because it was grounded in that sense of solemnity and privacy but secondly because of the, the wisdom and experience uh, that the Queen was able to bring. That's the BBC's political editor, Chris Mason. You're listening to Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. The time is now 8.30, and with the latest news, here's Lewis Foster. Britain has officially entered a period of mourning following the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Men. The 96-year-old, the country's longest-serving monarch, died peacefully yesterday afternoon at Balmoral. Gun salutes, one round for every year of the Queen's life, will be fired in central London later. Her son, now known as King Charles III, will return to London to meet the UK Prime Minister ahead of an address to the nation this evening. Normal business in the UK Parliament has been suspended, but MPs and peers will gather from midday to pay tribute to the monarch in a session expected to last until 10 o'clock tonight. The UK government's also due to announce details of the funeral, which will be a national holiday. Leaders from around the world have offered their condolences. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said her passing is a heavy loss for Europe and the whole world. Most major businesses, including shops and entertainment venues across, are opening as normal. But the department store chain Selfridges is staying closed today and several sporting events have been called off out of respect. While flags across the Isle of Man are being flown at half-mast following the passing of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, yesterday afternoon. Chief Minister Alfred Cannon paid tribute after the announcement, saying our Lord of Man has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. He extended condolences to the royal family on behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man. Meanwhile, some pubs will remain open tonight, but Oakles Brewery has announced its sites will shut for 24 hours from this morning as a mark of respect. Alongside those in the UK, church bells will ring out across the island at midday. Schools will remain open. Manx Radio News, the time is 8.32. And you're listening to a special edition of Breakfast here on The Nation Station, and we are with you through till 9.30. Well, a number of the 15 Prime Ministers in the UK to serve under Queen Elizabeth II have been paying tribute, including the former Prime Minister, Theresa May. Well, this is a desperately sad day for all of us here in this country, but also across the Commonwealth and and the world, because the Queen was respected around the world. She had given a lifetime of service and her devotion to duty was an example and inspiration for us all. And as Prime Minister, of course, I was fortunate enough to be able to meet her in different circumstances, including in the weekly audiences, uh, uh, but also at at Balmoral and saw a more relaxed uh, Queen. But I think we are all mourning the fact that somebody who was a constant in our lives has now passed away. And we must always remember that she wasn't just our queen. She was a mother, 
and a grandmother and a great-grandmother and my thoughts and prayers are with the whole of the royal family. And we are seeing all these tributes now, this great outpouring and although she was a figure of duty, she also had this personal connection with people as well. As I saw Her Majesty in, in a whole variety of settings and what I think came across was her great interest in people. She wanted people to feel at ease. Uh, she wanted uh, her guests at Balmoral to relax, enjoy themselves. But even on official events, she wanted people to be at their ease. She had a great interest, a great warmth that came across. One of the last uh, events that she attended in public was the official opening of Thames Hospice, which is in my constituency. And when she came in, there was a, a, just that wonderful sense from people of awe and respect. Um, and when she spoke to people, you could see you know, their eyes lit up and there was that great warmth that came across from her. And I think that was tremendous. She had a great sense of humour as, as well, but it was that interest in people. She devoted her life to serving the people of this country. And we're here in your home and you're surrounded by pictures of the Queen, which is a reminder of how uh, closely the Prime Minister works with the Queen. You do have this regular contact with her. So what was that like? Well, it's a huge privilege as Prime Minister to have weekly audiences with, uh, with the monarch. And I was hugely privileged to be able to have those conversations with the Queen. And it is a conversation, but it's a conversation with somebody who has immense experience. Um, I think many people don't realise how much work the Queen actually did on a day-to-day -day basis, on her red boxes, on the papers she was seeing about issues around the world, government business. And of course, because she had been on the throne for so long, there were so many people that uh, I was dealing with that she knew, she'd perhaps met them or she knew about their history. She perhaps knew, uh, you know, in some cases, she will say, oh yes, I knew, I knew their father. Uh, and... Uh, was able to talk about the, uh, ex bring that experience that she had, that knowledge that she had. I have been asked by quite a few people in the past who I thought when I was Prime Minister, who was the most impressive world leader that I met. And I always say, actually, the most impressive head of state was the Queen. That's the former UK Prime Minister, Theresa May. Former Prime Minister Gordon Brown, who served in that role from 2007 until 2010, has also paid tribute. He said about the Queen, she was a compassionate, dedicated, wonderful public servant, and nobody will ever forget the contribution she made to our country. She was a peacemaker. She brought people together. She listened to people. And US President Joe Biden and the First Lady also paid tribute last night. They said Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was more than a monarch. She defined an era, a steadying presence, a source of comfort and pride for generations. Meanwhile, Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has been sharing her thoughts following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Like everyone across Scotland, the United Kingdom, indeed the world, I feel a deep sense of sadness on the death of Her Majesty the Queen. On behalf of the people of Scotland, I offer my sincere and heartfelt condolences to the King, the Queen Consort and to the entire royal family. There will be many opportunities in the coming days to reflect fully on the Queen's extraordinary life and service. 
For more than 70 years, Queen Elizabeth has been the great constant in our national life. She has inspired us, on occasion comforted us, and always personified values we hold dear. Throughout her reign, she performed her duties with exceptional wisdom, dedication and fidelity. Scotland loved, respected and admired her. And by all accounts, Her Majesty was really happier than when she was here in Scotland at her beloved Balmoral, a fact I have been privileged to observe personally. I hope it will be a source of comfort to her family that she spent her final days in a place that she loved so much. This is a moment of acute loss and profound sadness. It is also a moment of enormous significance. The passing of Queen Elizabeth marks the end of an era. Our nation is in mourning. My hearts and my thoughts, and I know those of people across Scotland, are with the royal family at this deeply sad moment. Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon. We've had a message to say that, as throughout the Commonwealth, the bells of St George's Church in Douglas and Peel Cathedral will be ringing muffled at midday today to mark the Queen's death. And we've also had a message in from the Castletown and District Over 60s Club. Their community afternoon tea this afternoon has been cancelled. This is due to the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. And a message as well to say, following the recent sad news, um, the Castletown Bra Dash, which was due to be taking place today, has been postponed. Uh, the organisers uh, send their apologies to all the Southern Dashers and uh, they hope you understand the decision. They go on to say the Ramsey and Peel Dashes uh, tomorrow and Sunday will continue as normal. If indeed you were planning an event today and it's now not taking place, you are more than welcome to get in touch and let us know. We can pass uh, those messages on 166-177 or you can email studio at manxradio.com. The time is almost 20 to 9. We heard from the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau a little earlier. The BBC's Lise Doucette is now in the east of Canada. It means a lot to this country. She's been Canada's head of state for nearly half of Canada's existence and she's seen 12 prime ministers including of course Justin Trudeau who you just heard from earlier in this program and Canadians are Canadian leaders are saying that of course she visited Canada more than any other country 22 official visits 31 if you include overnight and refueling stops And it is in this country that she showed her consummate uh, political skill, having to navigate on more than one occasion very difficult political waters, meeting uh, separatists in the French-speaking language of French-speaking Quebec, meeting anti-monarchists, having to deal with indigenous communities which had a very troubled uh, past. It was interesting. Mary Simon, you heard from in this program, is the first Governor General of Canada with an Indigenous past. And if I can mention, with my own ancestry, the Acadians, uh, who had been expelled from the eastern seaboard of Canada during the reign of King George II. And in 2003, the Queen recognized what she said were the trials and suffering of the Acadian people. Well, let's come closer to home now. And in fact, just across the water, uh, the BBC's Chris Page is in Belfast in Northern Ireland and has sent this report. I think 
it speaks volumes, the fact that tributes were paid from uh, across the political spectrum, very fulsome tributes. Obviously, the loss uh, of Her Majesty the Queen is being felt most strongly, I think, in the unionist community. But there's no doubt that Queen Elizabeth II commanded uh, respect from all communities in Northern Ireland in a way that really very few, if any, pu public figures have uh, done before. Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, the leader of the Ulster Unionist Party, said she had been a, a steadfast and unshakable head of state. But uh, at the other end uh, of the spectrum, so to speak, Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill, the Vice President uh, of Sinn Féin, in line to be uh, First Minister at Stormont uh, it, it, once the political crisis uh, it, there is resolved, she said that she'd learned of the Queen's passing with deep regret and that she personally valued the Queen's work for reconciliation uh, across these islands. And of course, people here are thinking of two events in particular in that context. One is the Queen's uh, state visit to the Republic of Ireland in 2011, the first ever uh, by a British monarch since Irish independence uh, 101 years ago now, uh, a visit laden uh, with historic uh, symbolism. And then the following year, a historic handshake between the Queen and the late Martin McGuinness, former IRA commander who'd become, as a Sinn Féin politician, the Deputy First Minister in the power-sharing devolved government. And on both occasions, people were particularly conscious of the fact that the Troubles in Northern Ireland had touched the Queen in a very personal way in 1979 when her cousin, Lord Mountbatten, uh, was murdered by the IRA and her gestures, um, as I say, uh, in 2011 and then in 2012 uh, and her, her personal history, her personal suffering during the conflict here uh, made those peacemaking gestures all the more relevant, all the more powerful and all the more remarkable. The author and broadcaster Giles Brandreth was a friend of Prince Philip and had known Queen Elizabeth for more than 50 years. He's been sharing some of his memories of the monarch with the BBC's Clive Myrie. I think the one aspect of her that maybe the public didn't see as much of as others who, were, who met her more uh, privately was her sense of humour. Yeah. She was a very amusing person. Uh, it's one of the things that she and Prince Philip had in common. They made each other laugh. And she had a great sense of humour. Uh, well, and, and we got a bit of a, a flavour of it in recent years, that wonderful sketch with James <laughs> Bond. And most recently, her brilliant acting with Paddington, Paddington. Oh, She loved... Who that's can forget that? Yes. She loved doing. Yes. Um, she, was, she was unique. She was extraordinary. And to be, to be valued, to be cherished, to be remembered. You think about what makes magic. What is the magic of monarchy? What is the mystery of monarchy? Why is this phenomenon that mixes fairy tale and history. Why does it work? Why does it go on working? Well, during the last 70 years, it's that combination, the reason people made the series The Crown, fairy tale and drama and heritage. But the Queen gave it her own personality, a unique personality, driven by duty, sustained by faith, kept happy by her passion for her dogs and her horses. That's what she loved most in life. But her naturalness as a person, her ability to put people at ease. There's a lovely story of her at lunch one day with somebody who had been a, a soldier and he was suffering, he'd been in Afghanistan or someone who was suffering from post-traumatic stress and she'd been asking him about it and clearly he was, he was suffering. And she said, oh, hold on, hold on. And she leant down and she got some dog biscuits and she said, let's feed the dogs. I find that helps. 
<laughs> she was that sort of person. She knew how to mm. make people feel comfortable with themselves. Yeah. Because I think she was comfortable in herself. Comfortable in her own skin as leader of the royal family and the constitutional head of this country. Um, and Sir John Major actually pointed out her humour as well mm. um, in private moments with her. And as you say, we saw some of that uh, come out in recent years. And actually, interestingly, through towards the end of, of the worst part of COVID, when she had to do those Zoom meetings, you know, um, uh, accepting new ambassadors and so on and so forth. And we saw that glint in her eye and that smile on her lips from time to time. Well, I think as the years went by, she gained in confidence as yeah. a person. She was yeah. quite a shy person when she was young. Yeah. And I think she was also only 26 when she yeah. became queen. And she was following the footsteps of her father, Winston Churchill, the grand old man of British politics, was her first prime minister. At first, she was quite tentative. As a person, she was naturally conservative with a small c. Mm. But I think as the years went by, she became a little bit bolder. Uh, one of her closest friends said to me that, in a sense, that when she wouldn't have done things like the James Bond or the Panton Bear had her mother still been alive. That mm. in a way, as she became a freer person um, after her mother's death, mm. she felt she could be more herself and she mm. relaxed. And if you saw in recent years, she was mm. a, a more relaxed person. She did have a very wry sense of humour. She never said anything unkind or unpleasant about anyone, but she could raise an eyebrow. <laughs> I remember going with her and the Prince Philip once to the Royal Variety Show, where the acts were variable. Prince Philip made his views very clear. <laughs> the Queen applauded each act in exactly the same length of time because she didn't want to make anyone feel that she hadn't liked them all equally. But she did let you know with the odd look which one she preferred. That's the author and broadcaster Giles Brandreth. Moramai, you're listening to Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. This is a special edition of Breakfast, where until 9.30, we're reflecting and reacting to the news announced yesterday from Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral in Scotland. Well, the Queen did make a number of visits to the Isle of Man and arguably the most memorable was in 1979 when she visited the island for the celebration of the millennium of Timwald when she presided over that year's open-air sitting at St John's. Let's bring you some commentary from that now and the man describing the scenes on the day was Ian Cannell. The leading members of the travelling escort have already arrived opposite to the reception area and here now is the royal procession. The royal carriage, one of the Landors from Ascot, being drawn by four Windsor Grey horses. And you will be able to hear the cheering behind me as the royal party arrives at St John's. Two carriages. The second brings the Queen's Lady-in-Waiting, the Countess of Airlie, Crown Equerry and other members of the Royal Party, but now Her Majesty the Queen has arrived at St John's. the royal standard broken out on the central flagstaff on Tinwald Hill, Her Majesty the Queen,
accompanied by the guard commander, moves forward to carry out her inspection of the guard of honour found by the 1st Battalion Scots Guards, based at Chelsea Barracks in London. Wearing guard of honour order, a scarlet tunic with the buttons in threes, characteristic of the Scots Guards, the soldiers wearing bearskins, which incidentally are made of real bearskin. The officers are larger, they come from the female bear. And this being the Scots Guards, there is no plume in the bearskin. Well, after the wreath had been laid, the Queen went on to attend the usual church service, before the processions made their time-honoured way up the rush-strewn processional pathway to Tinwald Hill, where Her Majesty the Queen, as Lord of Man, presided over the ancient ceremony. A learned deemster, direct the court to be fenced. Honour of Glenfaber Sheeting, and in lighter, fence the court. It is genuinely fascinating to hear that commentary from the Millennium Timwald in 1979, just over 43 years ago when Her Majesty presided over the open-air ceremony at St John's. And we'll bring you further commentary from the 1979 Timwald in a special edition of Man in Line with Beth Espy from Midday. Now, St Peter's Church in Onken will be open from 9.30 today for those wanting to pray or take some time for reflection. There'll also be a book of condolence at the church. Reverend Alessandra de Chiara, the rector at Onken, Lonnan and Laxey Church, says the passing was deeply saddening and they wanted to do something special here on the island. We're hopefully trying to provide a place for people to place floral tributes as well because I think she was such an amazing example to us all. And as the, and as the head of the church, we felt right, it, quite rightly, that we needed to particularly mark her passing in an appropriate way. So, as I said, we're putting out a, a condolence book today that will be av- available in the church for people to sign. There'll be a photograph and um, there will be then a service tomorrow night at St. Peter's at seven o'clock, a service of prayer and reflection. It will be a simple service. And we're currently also looking at possibly doing something at Laxey tonight, um, but uh, we'll be firming that up uh, later on this morning. And as I said, there will also be a condolence book at, La- at Christchurch Laxey. Would this condolence book, after a while, would you guys mail it to the royal family maybe? We have, we've had specific instructions. The um, Church of England, this, is, this um, event has been... A, a long time in the planning and so there are specific instructions and we've been told we keep that we keep we will keep the condolence book as part of our archive how's the reaction been from some of your congregants are you expecting a lot of people to attend later today certainly i think we are we, we, we think there'll be a number of people who want to come those people i've spoken to i think have been very shocked because clearly it was unexpected. Nobody, I think nobody expected it to come quite this quickly and in quite the way that it did. Um, I think shock and sadness is really what I'm hearing from people. And that they're the words that uh, I keep hearing, just how sad they are. So that's why we felt it was appropriate to make the arrangements that we have. That's Reverend Alessandra de Chiera and the Book of Condolence will be available at St Peter's Church in Onken from 9.30 this morning. Meanwhile, in the UK, Sky's political correspondent, Mari Aurora, has been explaining what will happen in Parliament today. 
So today we know that kind of normal parliamentary business is suspended until after the 21st of September uh, for that period of mourning. We also know Parliament's not going to be sitting in its usual sense, so it will be sitting from midday today until about 10pm tonight and then 2pm tomorrow until about 10pm that night as well. And that's all to give MPs, ministers, Liz Trust, the new Prime Minister, uh, time to pay those tributes in the House to Her Majesty. And also that also applies not just to the House of Commons, but to the House of Lords as well. And we know we've had this, you know, time now for Parliament and Westminster to be able to digest the news, to be able to digest what has happened uh, recently. And now we have a new king. Obviously, we've had tributes pouring in uh, from uh, Westminster and just a few, the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, she described uh, Her Majesty as the rock on which modern Britain was built. Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition, said that she stood as the as head of the nation, but in spirit, she stood among us. And Boris Johnson, who recently, uh, until you know just a couple of days ago, was our Prime Minister, said she embodied the continuity and the unity of the UK. We've had tributes from Sir John Major, from Tony Blair. I mean, we can expect to see some really heartfelt words in the chambers uh, today and tomorrow in Westminster as MPs are given that opportunity. And obviously for King Charles III, huge, huge shoes to fill. Well, naturally, many hundreds of people gathered at the gates of Buckingham Palace overnight and many more are gathering now. Earlier this morning, the BBC's Martha Carney sent this report. It's still dark outside Buckingham Palace, but you can see all the many, many bouquets of flowers lit up by the candles which are lined up on the pavement. And there are some very personal messages, actually, in the flowers, like this one. I didn't know you personally, but my fondest memories are age six having a street party for your Silver Jubilee. You waving at me while I was waiting for you in Epsom to pass by from leaving the Derby back in the days when it was on a Wednesday. God bless you. Lots of love. Jenny, Paul, Jack and Emma. And here's one from a family, the Willow family. So they're from France, Scotland and Australia. Thank you, Your Majesty, for your service and your guiding hand throughout an incredible lifetime. Your dignity and grace will remain an inspiration for women and men of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth for generations to come. And here, amongst all the brightly coloured bouquets of flowers, there's something which refers back to one of the happiest times for the Queen this year, which is when she met... Paddington Bear and here's a little toy Paddington Bear with his red hat and blue duffel coat. That encounter showing the Queen's great sense of fun and of course her acting ability. My name's Karen, I'm from New Zealand originally. It's just a very uh, a strange, profound sort of sense of loss for somebody that you've never met. There's just so many things that it just will feel a little bit different. Our currency also has her face on it, you know, the stamps, the the Christmas messages, you know, those sort of things. You know, we'll be somebody else now and somebody after that, but for me, she's all I've, I've really known. My name's Andrew, I'm from Watford in Hertfordshire. Um, just drove down uh, now, it's what, about 4.30 in the morning, um, but... I just wanted, before the working day, to pay my respects. Um, And I think it's peaceful at this time because it's quiet and there aren't the thousands of crowds. And I think 
the nation and the world, you know, has lost a marvellous lady. And may she rest in peace. That's all I can say. Thank you. You're listening to Manx Radio from the Isle of Man, and the time is approaching nine o'clock. This is Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man on Friday the 9th of September. The time is now nine o'clock. Let's bring you the latest news from Lewis Foster. Moramai, Lewis. Moramai. A period of mourning has officially begun across Britain after the death of Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man, at Balmoral Castle. Her eldest son, now known as King Charles III, will return to London later with Camilla, Queen Consort. He's due to hold his first audience with the UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss, and is expected to address the nation this evening. Normal business in the UK Parliament has been suspended, but MPs and peers will gather from midday to pay tribute to the monarch. Details of the funeral are expected later. It's understood to be on Monday the 19th, which will be a national holiday. While world leaders have been paying tribute overnight, the US President Joe Biden called the Queen a source of comfort and pride for generations of Britons. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau described her as one of his favourite people. Mary MacLeod, a former policy adviser to the Queen and royal household, says the monarch cared deeply about putting others at ease. When she was talking with you, you felt you were the most important person in the room. She listened as well and told her stories and that was done with humour. And, you know, the first day I met her, I was up on Balmoral and it was a very small dinner with the corgis under the table. And, you know, so I laughed the whole evening. 
Lights on landmarks across Britain and the world were dimmed last night. The London Eye and Eiffel Tower in Paris went dark, while New York's Empire State Building was lit up purple and silver. Several sporting events have been called off out of respect. There'll be no play between England's cricketers and South Africa in the decisive final test today. And play at Wentworth for the second round of the PGA Championship golf has also been suspended. Well, this morning, crowds are gathering at the gates of Buckingham Palace to pay tribute to the Queen the day after her death. Mourners are congregating beside sun- hundreds of colourful bouquets and messages. Eight-year-old Annika wanted to pay her respects before going to school. She was a very kind person, even though she was very old, and and she also is the longest reigning monarch in British history. And how did you feel when you found out that she had sadly died? I felt very upset. Well, flags across the Isle of Man are being flown at half-mast following Her Majesty's passing. This, will, this includes at Timwald Hill in St John's, the Isle of Man Constabulary Headquarters and the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. The Isle of Man's Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, has paid tribute to Her Majesty, our Lord of Man, after her passing yesterday afternoon. He says, We are deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. Speaker of the House of Keys, June Watterson, described her passing as saddening. He reflects on her life. It's hard to think of the contribution that Her Majesty has had, and two words definitely spring to mind, and, and they are those of dignity and service. The, the dignity she has brought to the role of the monarchy um, and the service that she has given to that cause uh, since she started her reign all the way back in 1952, including, of course, her many visits to the Isle of Man and indeed the other realms around the Commonwealth. As part of her role as head of state, the Queen issues honours to those with extraordinary lifetime achievements. Jane Glover received an MBE in February from now King Charles III. She's been reflecting on the experience. Prince Charles himself was charming. He, um, I was wearing Max Tartan and he recognised it and we had a, a good long chat about the Isle of Man, how the Isle of Man had fared uh, through Covid times. He really was engaged, interested and a very personable gentleman. St Peter's Church in Onken will be open from 9.30 today for those wanting to pray, or to pray or take some time for reflection. Reverend Alessandra de Chiara, the rector at Onken, Lonnan and Laxey Church, says the passing was deeply saddening and they wanted to do something special here on the island. We're hopefully trying to provide a place for people to place floral tributes as well. She was such an amazing example to us all and as the, and as the head of the church, we felt right, it, quite rightly, that we needed to particularly mark her passing uh, in an appropriate way. So, as I said, we're putting out a, a condolence book today that will be av- available in the church for people um, to sign. There'll be a photograph. There will be then a service tomorrow night at St. Peter's at 7 o'clock. And we're currently also looking at possibly doing something at Laxey tonight. Church bells will ring out across the island at midday at the same time as the UK as a mark of respect. 
Elsewhere, Ockels Inns has confirmed its pubs will be closed for 24 hours today. The company says at a time of national grief, families and communities should have the chance to spend time together. Ockels adds, at this time, our condolences and thoughts are with the royal family and the nation. And government has confirmed the island's schools will remain open today. Manx Radio News, the time is five past nine. Thank you, Lewis. The weather today mainly dry with bright or sunny intervals, a moderate locally fresh northeast wind and a top temperature of 19 degrees Celsius. Into tomorrow, dry with bright or sunny spells, particularly in the afternoon, light winds and highs of 20 degrees Celsius. And largely dry and bright for much of Sunday with outbreaks of rain later in the evening, heavy at times, temperatures up to 19 degrees Celsius. Maramai to you. This is Manx Radio broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. You're listening to a special edition of Breakfast where until 9.30 we're reflecting on the news announced yesterday by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral. From 9.30, Mark Tiley will take you through the morning here on the Nation Station and from midday there'll be a special edition of The Man in Line with Beth Espy. While leading the tributes on Ireland was the Lieutenant Governor of the Isle of Man, Sir John Lorimer. He released a short statement last night which reads, I know the Isle of Man shares with me its profound sadness at the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. I shall be sending a message of condolence from the island to the royal family. The island's Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, MHK, also paid tribute. He said, We're all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincere condolences to the royal family at this time. The President of Tinwald, Lawrence Scally, and Speaker of the House of Keys, Dewan Watterson, also added their condolences. They said, on behalf of the members of Tinwald, we extend to His Majesty the King and all members of the royal family our heartfelt condolences on the death of Her Late Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. They go on to say Her Majesty the Queen first visited the Isle of Man on the 9th of August 1955, just two years after her coronation. During her visit, Her Majesty attended a special sitting of Timwald Court, where she expressed a hope that one day she would preside over the Timwald ceremony at St John's. This hope was realised during her third visit to the island for the celebration of the millennium of Timwald in 1979, and again in 2003. Her Majesty also visited the island in August 1989. On each visit, she was accompanied by her devoted husband, Prince Philip, and the royal couple were welcomed wholeheartedly by the people of the Isle of Man. They continued, Her Majesty the Queen gave unstintingly devoted public service to her country and the Commonwealth, and she made many genuine and lasting connections with the people of this island during her lifetime. Further information will be issued in due course on the formal procedures by which Tinwald Court will formally proclaim His Majesty as Lord of Man and express its sympathy to him and to all the royal family on their loss. 
We'll be hearing further from the Speaker of the House of Keys in the next few minutes and there'll be more tributes from the island here on Manx Radio throughout the morning. And as soon as we have official confirmation from Isle of Man government as to exactly how events will proceed here on the island in the coming days and weeks, we will, of course, bring you those details. Well, tributes from across in the UK are continuing to be paid following the death of Queen Elizabeth, our Lord of Man. And the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford, has been reflecting on her long reign. It is with great sadness that we learn today of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She has been the only monarch that most of us will remember. And today the country feels an immense loss. Throughout her long and exceptional life, as our longest reigning monarch, Her Majesty firmly upheld the values and traditions of the British monarchy. On behalf of the Welsh Government and people in all parts of Wales, I offer our deepest condolences to all Her Majesty's children and their families on this sad occasion. That's the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford. Well, Mary MacLeod is a former policy advisor to the Queen and Royal Household. She's been speaking to Sky's Anna Jones. Well, I mean, she was an inspiration and, and her legacy will remain because of that. I mean, she you know, was Elizabeth the Great, the Steadfast, the Wise. And I think that's where I think everyone feels their lives have been touched by her. And that was whether they met her once or they saw her um, on television or whether they actually worked with her. And, and you know, my heart goes out to the, our new king and the members of the royal family as they deal with that personal grief. And um, King Charles said it was just how cherished and loved that she was. Um, But for the nation, the outpouring of sadness that we have all felt, because we felt she was our grandmother too, that she was part of us. And to me, it was that for all the things that happened in her life, um, we constantly saw that grace and dignity and kindness and wisdom that she brought with her to everything she did. And, and whether it was here in my old office or whether it was in Balmoral or Holyrood or wherever I was with her or even as a member of parliament when I was, would come to events um, with her, you know, she lit up the room she, and she showed her ability to adapt, to change. That She knew she had to be relevant to every generation and that's why we see people mourning right across the generations today because she managed to adapt over time to be, be relevant. Well, that's so interesting, because I know that you work with her on public relations, but also on this sense of, of strategic change in the monarchy, didn't you? And we think of her as someone who was very respectful of tradition, uh, very respectful of the duties that she had, but how open was she to change and to modernising the monarchy. Well, duty was everything. It was absolutely part of her DNA and core to her being. And, and that was what I think just made the job easy because if you could say that something was important because the people needed it or the country it was important to the country, then she would be absolutely behind it. Um, and I think she, she did it by... It was also... I mean, part of it was the experience, the years of experience that she brought with her. Um, but it was also that personal touch that she had. I mean, when she was talking with you, you felt you were the most important person in the room. Um, she listened as well as... and told her stories, and that was done with humour and... Uh, you know, the first day I met her, I was up in Balmoral and it was a small 
very small dinner with the corgis under the table. And you know, so I laughed the whole evening because the Queen told story after story after story. Um, and that's, again, it's just she made it, made it always so relevant and put people at their ease. But we've saw her over time just adapting to change, whether that was about paying tax, whether that is about the, the work she did with the firstborn being able to inherit the throne. The, we saw her with doing the James Bond um, for the for the, the Olympics. Olympics, and then and then of course Paddington Bear, which was lovely. And I think we all uh, said with him in one voice, "Just thank you, ma'am, for everything," because it's that legacy that she's given us, that inspiration. And I think that will just transcend generations for times to come. I know. And watching that Paddington clip again, it will be a poignant moment for many of us, won't it? It's how how real humour came through there. Absolutely. But you work with her in the late 1990s, not long after Princess Diana had died, of course, and that was a very difficult time for the royal family and a, and a time when they really feel they did have to adapt. Did you get a sense of that when you were working with her? Yes, and I think also, I mean, I think the Queen has always realised over time that she, that, that, that she she and the monarchy has had to adapt with the nation. Um, and I, But I think what was interesting is she still managed to adapt in that way, but at the same time, she was still that our strength and stay she was still that steadfastness that we that we all needed, um, and she handled that beautif beautifully with, uh, with real grace and dignity, as things happened around the country. And she was there in the good times and the bad times. And there were many difficult things that she had to go through, and she saw the nation go through, and she saw the world go through. But she was always that rock, as our new Prime Minister Liz Truss um, has said. She's been that rock and that steadfastness that has made all of us just feel hope. Um, for the future and make us feel that we've got something to live for. And that's why I think the legacy will live on in our new king, King Charles III, um, where you know, he's had the most wonderful role model um, in stepping into her shoes. And therefore he will, you know, I think, do an incredible job of leading this country as, as monarch by um, not only the wealth of experience that he brings from the work amazing work he's done with the Prince's Trust and, um, and leading the campaigns and environment and, and many other issues. But as sovereign, he has got the example of the Queen and he will make sure that the, leg the legacy of her will live in him and therefore by that example it hopefully lives in all of us. That's the former policy adviser to the Queen and Royal Household, Mary MacLeod. You're listening to Manx Radio. The time is exactly 9.15. And we know that the Queen's eldest son, now known as King Charles III, will return to London later with Camilla, Queen Consort. He's due to hold his first audience with Prime Minister Liz Truss and is expected to address the nation this evening. Normal business at Westminster has been suspended, but MPs and peers will gather from midday to pay tribute to the monarch. Details of the funeral are expected later. It is, though, understood to be taking place on Monday the 19th. So that's a week on Monday, the 19th of September. And of course, as soon as we get any further details, any further confirmation, we will bring those details straight to you. Now, dignity and service, those are the two words used by the Speaker of the House of Keys to describe Her Majesty the Queen. Joan Watterson described the news of her passing as deeply saddening. It was indeed very sad when we heard the news yesterday of the passing of the late Queen. It, it's something that has been a, a, a rock and a mainstay of people's lives for so long. Um, there are people of reasonably advanced years who have not known life with any other monarch and that has that will have ripples all the way through our society 
it's hard to think of the contribution that Her Majesty has had and two words definitely spring to mind and, and they are those of dignity and service. The the dignity she has brought to the role of the monarchy um, and the service that she has given to that cause uh, since she started her reign all the way back in 1952, including, of course, her many visits to the Isle of Man and indeed the other realms around the Commonwealth. As we move into the, the next few days, the Accession Council in the UK will meet and proclaim King Charles III as the king there, here. The governor will make a proclamation um, of King Charles III as King, Lord of Man. And then towards the end of next week, we're expecting that there will be a Tinwell Day-like ceremony at St. John's, where there'll be a public proclamation of the new King, Lord of Man, in a way very similar to our Tinwell Day ceremony. And this has been something that has been done for every uh, accession of every monarch, uh, at least since revestment in 1765, and likely even before that as well, into the mists of time before we have good records. So the thousand-year-old traditions of history will endure as we move from the reign of Queen Elizabeth through to the reign of King Charles. That's the Speaker of the House of Keys, Duan Watterson. Well, world leaders and politicians have been paying tribute overnight. US politician Hillary Clinton says she was lucky enough to meet Her Majesty on several occasions. She was a curious, uh, highly intelligent uh, person who really wanted to learn uh, what you knew and how it would fit into the world. Well, former prime ministers have also been paying tribute. Among them, Tony Blair says the UK has lost the monarch of the nation. The Queen's life has been a continual process of shaping how you keep in, in touch with a world that's changing very fast. But she was always doing that. US President Joe Biden has also paid tribute to Her Majesty in Washington, D.C. I just stopped by the British Embassy to sign the condolence book in her honour. I had the opportunity to meet her before she passed, and she was an incredibly gracious and decent woman. And the thoughts and prayers of the American people are with the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth in their grief. Well, we know a number of members of the royal family have been at Balmoral overnight, where many well-wishers have gathered throughout the early hours. The BBC's James Shaw sent this report from Balmoral a little earlier. As I look at those gates closed this morning still, of course, uh, you can see to the left-hand side of them a growing bank of flowers, of floral tributes, messages that have been left paying their respects uh, to the Queen. And if you can hear a little bit of hubbub in the background, that is the growing army, army of media that is gathered on the other side of the road from those gates, of course, marking this extraordinarily sombre and uh, significant uh, moment in the life of the nation. Uh, People waking up across the four nations of the United Kingdom and around the world uh, to the first full day when Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, is not the monarch. There is a new monarch, Charles III. He and his uh, close family are behind those gates inside uh, Balmoral Castle, perhaps waking up around now and themselves coming to terms with the terrible news that we all heard yesterday about the death of Queen Elizabeth. And then 
the events of the day will unfold, I think, quite slowly in terms of what will happen, uh, who will move, which members of the royal family will head down south. We think uh, King Charles and the Queen Consort Camilla will travel down to London uh, later on today so that he can address uh, the nation this evening. As for the other members of the family, perhaps they will stay for a little longer because this uh, castle in northeast Scotland, in Aberdeenshire, always was a refuge for the royal family. Peace and quiet in this uh, countryside with the Cairngorm Mountains nearby. And now, more than ever, you would think that they will value the moments that they have here uh, in this period of deep mourning before the official events, the sombre and serious and ceremonial events that are going to unfold over the next 10 or so days. The BBC's James Shaw reporting from Balmoral. We've been hearing this morning tributes from leaders around the world following the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, among them New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. It is with great sadness that New Zealand wakes to the news of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. I know I speak for all New Zealanders in conveying our deepest sympathy to members of the royal family and condolences to King Charles III on behalf of the government and New Zealanders at this time of enormous loss. The last days of the Queen's life captures who she was in so many ways, working till the very end on behalf of the people she loved. And that is why I'm sure that we will receive the news of her passing with both emotions of deep sadness, but also gratitude for a life that was utterly and completely devoted to the service of others. The Queen has been such a constant in our lives for 70 years, the longest serving monarch in British history. Over her reign, she has come to define notions of service, charity and consistency. Her commitment to her role and to all of us has been without question and unwavering. She has also demonstrated courage, compassion and humour. A strong memory I will have of her is her laughter. She was extraordinary. To honour the passing of the Queen of New Zealand and realm countries, we move into a period of official mourning. Flags will be flown at half-mast. Preparations begin for a state memorial service to be held after the official funeral is held in the United Kingdom. While we await details of these arrangements, we anticipate it will be held in the UK in about 10 days' time. I know many will want to share their thoughts at this time. There will be condolence books placed in the Beehive Beehive Foyer, the National Library and Wellington Cathedral. I expect across New Zealand, local arrangements will likely be made. This is a time of deep sadness. Young or old, there is no doubt that a chapter is closing today. And with that, we share our thanks for an incredible woman who we were lucky enough to call our Queen. Paying tribute, that's the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Well, let's stay on the other side of the world. The BBC's Phil Mercer has sent this report from Sydney in Australia. 
Well, the Queen was Australia's Queen. She had a great affinity with this country. On a tour back in 2000, she said that she felt part of this rugged, honest and creative land. She came to Australia 16 times, the first as a very young queen in 1954, and about 70% of the Australian population turned out to greet her. That was millions of people, and it really did set the stone. She became a champion for dedication and service, we've heard today from the Australian Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, saying that uh, Queen Elizabeth II had a timeless decency and an enduring calm. And he also pointed out that um, the Queen had sympathy and personal kindness for Australians affected by tragedy and disaster, including floods and bushfires. Uh, We were on Sydney Harbour earlier this morning when the Sydney Harbour Bridge lowered its flags in honour of Queen Elizabeth II. And in a couple of hours' time, we're to hear from the Governor-General, the Queen's representative, here. This is a constitutional monarchy and we are expected to hear what David Hurley, the Governor-General, has to say about the Queen's passing. Reporting from Australia, that's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Well, we know that King Charles III will return to London from Balmoral later today with Camilla, Queen Consort. He's due to hold his first audience with Prime Minister Liz Truss and is expected to address the nation this evening. Normal business at Westminster has been suspended, but MPs and peers will gather from midday to pay tribute to the monarch. Details of the funeral are expected later. It's understood to be taking place on Monday the 19th. His Majesty the King did release a statement following the death of the Queen. He says, The death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother, I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the Commonwealth, and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the Queen was so widely held. It's 26 minutes past nine and tributes are continuing to be paid by politicians, including the leader of the Labour Party, Sakia Starmer. Today we mourn the passing of a remarkable sovereign. It is a deep private loss for the royal family and our first thoughts are with them at this time. The nation shares in their grief. Queen Elizabeth II created a special personal relationship with us all, a relationship based on service and devotion to her country. Nobody under the age of 70 has known anything other than Queen Elizabeth II on the throne. For the vast majority of us, the late Queen has been simply the Queen, the only Queen, above all else, our Queen. As we mourn her loss, we should also treasure her life, our longest serving and greatest ever monarch, above the clashes of politics She stood not for what the nation fought over, but what it agreed upon. In crisis, she reassured us, reminding us that we are all part of something that stretches back through time, a symbol of the best of us. I saw it for myself when I led the Crown Prosecution Service 
Every time I had the privilege to meet the late Queen, she would ask the most searching questions because she wanted to understand the lives and struggles of her people. And as Britain changed rapidly around her, this dedication became the still point of our turning world, an example that taught us that whatever the challenges we face, the values of service always endures. And the obvious love the late Queen displayed for Britain, the British people gave back in return. That is why there is such an outpouring of grief across the nation today, as there is across the Commonwealth, to which the late Queen was so devoted. Around the world, people are united in mourning and united in celebrating her life. This togetherness is a reminder of what she achieved, a reminder of our shared values, values which I know will be upheld by her beloved son Charles, our new king. So as our great Elizabethan era comes to an end, we will honour the late Queen's memory by keeping alive the values of public service she embodied. For 70 years, Queen Elizabeth II stood as the head of our country, but in spirit, she stood amongst us. The leader of the Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer. This is Manx Radio from the Isle of Man, and that is it from myself and Sean this morning on this special edition of Breakfast. We thank you very much indeed for being with us on this sad morning, and our coverage on the Nation Station will continue with Mark Tiley taking you through the morning, and Beth Espy will be here at noon with a special edition of Man in Line, bringing you further reaction and reflection to the news announced 15 hours ago now that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, had passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral. The time now is exactly 9.30 and with the latest news is Lewis Foster. Buckingham Palace has announced a period of royal mourning will be observed from now until seven days after the Queen, our Lord of Man's funeral. It will be marked by members of the royal family, royal household staff and representatives of the royal household on official duties, together with troops committed to ceremonial duties. Flags will stay at half-mast during that period. Queen Elizabeth II passed away peacefully at Balmoral Castle yesterday afternoon. The date Her Majesty will be laid to rest is expected to be confirmed later. Details of a gun salute in honour of Her Majesty's life have been confirmed. This will take place in Hyde Park and the Tower of London from one o'clock this afternoon. One round will be fired for each year of her life. The Duke of Sussex has now left Balmoral with the convoy passing flowers that have been laid as tributes to his late grandmother. The King is expected to leave later for Aberdeen Airport to fly back to London. It has also been announced there will be no physical books of condolence at the royal residences. An online book is available on the royal website. More flags across the Isle of Man are being flown at half-mast following the passing of our Lord of Man yesterday afternoon. Chief Minister Alfred Cannon paid tribute after the announcement, saying that the Queen has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. He extended condolences to the royal family on behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man. Moving forward, there will be two proclamations on the island to recognise King Charles III. This will include a formal sitting of Timwald on Timwald Hill in St John's. A time for this sitting is yet to be determined. 
Meanwhile, while some pubs will remain open tonight, Oakles Brewery has announced its sites will shut for 24 hours from this morning as a mark of respect. Schools have remained open, and alongside those in the UK, church bells will ring out across the Isle of Man at midday. Manx Radio News, the time is 9.32.